Hello and welcome to the Collective Wisdom Podcast, the podcast that explores how to be a wiser version of yourself. This is a podcast that helps you to tap into your own inner wisdom and find the answers within you for how to live your best life. I'm your host, Kat Preston. I'm a certified life coach and I help people to turn down the noise in their heads and tune into the wisdom in their hearts. Every week I'll be asking my guests to tell their stories about what they've learned along the way and share some of their wisdom with us. I'm so thrilled you can join us. This episode of the Collective Wisdom Podcast is brought to you by the inspirational charitable organization, You Make It. Founded in 2011 by Uzma Shah in a bid to address the issues of race inequality and poverty faced by women in her community in Southeast London, today, You Make It offers a creative and inspiring program for young women to access tools, networks, experiences, and the confidence to transform their lives through personal empowerment. The program offers a wide range of support, including one-to-one mentoring, work experience and startup advice, along with pastoral care and counselling to ensure that participants thrive in every way possible. This holistic approach to job seeking that puts individuality and self-esteem at its core is part of the reason that 83% of You Make It graduates are now in paid employment, working on their own startups, or have gained places in formal education and are stepping into their true potential. If you're interested in finding out more about the program, and especially if you're keen to learn more about how you can get involved and make a difference, you can head over to youmakeit.org. As ever, there's a link in the show notes. Thank you so much to the team at You Make It for the incredible work they're doing to break down barriers and strive for more equality in the world. Hey there, my wise friends, and welcome to season three of the Collective Wisdom podcast. I'm so excited that I have some brilliant guests to share with you this season, including Philida Swift, who is CEO of Face Equality International, Siobhan Curram, who is a brilliant writer and creative writing coach who has just so much insight to share. Liv Conlon will be joining us. She was awarded the Young Entrepreneur of the Year back in 2019 and has been blazing a trail with her businesses ever since. And my friend Jackie Davis, who is like a female version of Morgan Freeman, sitting listening to Jackie's stories. It was just, yeah, something I could have done for hours. But we're kicking off today with a guest who is just so wise. Alicia Yates is the director of programs for the charity You Make It. Alicia's story of losing her mother when she was only 22 really touched my heart and I make no apology for the fact that when that happens my eyes just leak. She shares so wisely the idea of how you almost through grief lose a sense of yourself and her journey to in a way come back to herself by finding things that really do bring meaning into her life and light her up. She taught me about the concept of the Sankofa bird, which is a, a mythical bird from West African culture. The bird has, a, has an egg on its back and it teaches us that we have to sometimes go back to our roots in order to move forward so that we can achieve our full potential and bring our experience and the wisdom we've learnt through those experiences with us. I 
just am so, so grateful to Alicia for the way she opened up so generously in a very intentional way to help other people who are maybe suffering in the same way at the moment, going through grief, experiencing that same sense of pain and loss. And although you can never say I'm through it, I think the way that she is using her her own experience to help others feel that sense of empathy is is just really incredible. And it also gives me an opportunity to just thank Alicia and the rest of the team at You Make It for the incredible work they're all doing to really help change the lives of so many women who through their programs, they're building their sense of identity, self-confidence, self-esteem, and and yeah, stepping into their own true potential, which is really, really hard, but rewarding work. So with that, I'll hand you over to Alicia and her beautiful stories. I first met Alicia Yates when she was working with Jessica Huey, and it's true to say that she has a grace and serenity that that is matched in equal parts to her beauty. And that's before she smiles or puts on her trademark red lipstick. Alicia now works as the programs manager for You Make It, which is an East London-based charity set up by Asma Shah, whose mission is to empower young Black and Asian women who have faced institutional racism and discrimination to step into their true potential. It's the community of people of colour who really lift you up that Alicia would have loved to have had herself growing up, dealing as she had to with the challenge of losing her mum and only parent to breast cancer when she was only 22. But what's most remarkable for me about Alicia's story is that having navigated her own way through these challenges, she's now dedicated to supporting those who have faced similar hardship in their lives. I had the privilege of being a mentor to an amazing young girl in the You Make It program last year. And I can honestly say that attending the graduation ceremony for that group and hearing firsthand the difference the program had made to the confidence and self-belief of those women was one of the absolute highlights of my year. So it gives me great pleasure that I not only have the opportunity to thank you and the team over at You Make It, Alicia, for all the incredible work you're doing, but also to share a bit of your wisdom with us today. So welcome to the podcast. Oh, that was lovely. Thank you, Kat. (laughs) (laughs) Now, so so tell me a little bit more about You Make It and how you first became involved. Yeah, so um, I've actually always been drawn to like marginalised people who've worked against the grain to overcome hurdles that have been thrown their way. Um, So that's the kind of reason why I wanted to initially kind of get involved as You Make It um, uh, because they do such, or we do such purposeful and important work. Um, And I guess at the time before I started You Make It, so I'm actually, I started You Make It at the beginning of 2020, um, the beginning of the pandemic. (laughs) And um, before that I was working um, in the HR department for a, a really big beauty company, but I felt like I wasn't fulfilling what I wanted to do. Um, you know, as a person on this earth and um, given like all my experience and things that I have kind of navigated through, I just felt like there was more that I had to give. And yeah. that's how kind of, I kind of get, I came across you, um, you Make It or why I guess the, I was interested in, in becoming a part of the You Make It team. 
So you you sort of found the charity and then was there a role that was ready open or did you approach them and say, you know, can I work with you or how did, how did it work? Well, actually, I to backpedal a bit. So at the time, I was also working um, as an assistant for Jessica Huey, who obviously mm. and um, she had worked with them in the past. Um, and so um, I came across them actually through her. And then um, a couple of months later, I saw that they had a, a job going um, for a programs administrator. And I thought, wow, this is an amazing, amazing organization. Like, why not just apply? And because I really want to get into that work. Um, so let me let me apply for it. And so I, I went into the um, interview. I obviously got an interview and I, and I went to the interview and um, I spoke with um, Roxy, who is the senior, now the senior partnerships and programs manager. And she, it was such a lovely experience, like one of the best interviews ever, because it just felt so natural. It just felt so um, supported. I felt so supported and already. Um, and so I kind of felt at home there. So yeah. then I had that interview and um, I got a call or um, an email a couple of weeks later saying that actually they want to put me um, forward for the programs manager role. Which oh is my goodness. Yeah, that's so, such a brilliant story. Exactly. And I just felt like, yeah, this is, I'm, I'm just over the moon. This is something that I really want to do. And um, that's a, a big challenge, a big step up. So I'm going to go for it. And um, I did. And I'm here today. <laughs> yeah. And you suit that role so well. I mean, honestly, you bring all of that calm and serenity. And, and I think what, you know, as a team, you guys, it is that nurturing space. I can imagine that, you know, and, and a lot of the women who go through the program, this is the first time they've encountered any sort of coaching or mentoring or, you know, and you even do therapy, but it's, it's like, it must just be like a, a balm of, of just like, oh, this is how life can feel when, when we get it right. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's what struck me most was just that, that support, like you really care. This is not just a job. This is yeah. something that you do with passion, with, with compassion. You know, you really, it's from the heart. Absolutely. Amazing. Absolutely. And actually, I mean, you make it came from a place of care, you know. Um, so as you mentioned, it was founded by Osma Shah and she really wanted to do something that would support or create something that would support um, young women to, you know, just really fulfill their potential despite, despite the, the barriers and the challenges that they that they that we face. Um, and so that's something that we have really i mean obviously they as an organization over the years and me now really try to just bring forth this this element of care and we do care um because you know at one point we we them we were them and so um it's really really grounded in that so like you said the program consists of you know weekly workshops that are just creative and holistic in their own nature uh, guest talks by inspirational people in the industry um yoga sessions and mindfulness sessions and therapy as well we offer like you said mentoring obviously which you was part of um and all of these things just really contribute to like just lifting that person up and supporting them um so yeah it's great and um, um, it's fantastic yeah work. and the organization itself you know the charity itself is a bit like your story there where you said i just want to get involved the role it it became you know an option 
as you took action and just moved towards it. So you're you're in this role. I mean, for you to be in in a sort of beauty organization makes so much sense because you just you are the epitome of of what they need. But but there was something missing. It's like I'm not having the impact I want. And yet if I move towards this and then this role creates itself. And I get the sense that you're now part of shaping the future, you know, iterating and seeing what works and what you can do more of and how you can scale it. You know, I, I mean, even the thing with um, you change it, which is now, you know, or, well, talk to me a bit about that. I mean, it's yeah. so fascinating. It's, it's great. So alongside You Make It, um, our organisation, we launched um, an anti-racism uh, programme called You Change It um, last year at the time of George, George Floyd's death. Yeah. And so, yeah, our work at You Make It has always been in the, the vein of race equality. And we, we work on the ground, you know, to ensure that people with more privilege um, support those that haven't had that privilege and um, because of the color of their skin and because of institutional racism and etc so we we change hearts and and minds through our whole program and so now through you change it um our you change it program we offer a human-centered approach to well that allows people to come together learn and solidify their values and stand up to racism in practical with practical ways so the program itself is is made up of five modules and takes people on a long, deep journey of reflection and action, you know, um, planning to, to change how they think and, and how they work within their lives or their organisations and just to become true allies of anti-racism um, and the movement. Yeah, so it's all, it feels to me like you're really building those bridges. You know, you're taking the organisations who are maybe going to have their eyes opened or or look at you know it, it's very easy to go oh I can't really it's such a big problem I can't really deal with it but it's like breaking it down into the, the minutiae of of just the individuals and and helping people find the the ways to explain and the and the voice you know because it's it's I think often it's a problem that's oh it's just too hard to deal with we'll just kind of ignore it and hope it goes away and yet that's clearly not happening you know and and Minneapolis last night has just showed us that it's really isn't you know it's 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 a constant conversation that we need to be having all the time absolutely yeah and it's so um I think I think for me it's so powerful for you to have stepped into that role in a way that is it's I've watched you grow as well you know that's what's so beautiful so you were always this sort of calm presence but watching you become really energized and because you are actually making a difference and and having an impact is huge it's huge and the fact that you're then turning that round and helping other people do the same and it's it's not um it 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 is just a question of being in that in that uh, having the agency over it you know now i'm actually proactively doing something about this every single day which it's just beautiful. Yeah, just amazing. Yeah, it feels great. It feels good to know that you're doing something that you really care about. And you're, like you said, like, yeah, it just lights me up um, to feel to feel good that you're, yeah, you're, I'm going to be stealing a lot of phrases from Jessica today. Yeah, <laughs> that's, I think, yeah, absolutely. That's a beautiful thing to do. It inspires me so much. I mean, yeah, living on purpose, it, 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 feels, it feels good to live on purpose. Yeah. So, I mean, because I don't even know the story about how you first became in, involved with Jess in the first place. What was, how did that happen? Yeah. So, um, so this was when I was 
working um, in the HR department for a, a big beauty company and I felt like, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything um, that I was even passionate about. And um, so I have a background in um, English literature, journalism, media, film, all that. Um, so I studied at university and I really wanted to get in, get back into my passion um, after, you know, going through grief or um, experiencing that loss, um, I kind of stepped away from it and I really wanted to get back into that. Um, and so I knew my cousin actually um, knew Jessica and I was speaking to him a bit about what I wanted to do. And he was like, let me link you in, like, I'll connect you. She's fab. And then, um, yeah, I went to her her masterclass um, at the British Library and I just asked her, you know, I had I asked her, you know, can I have some work experience? I would really love to learn a bit more, you know, about the, the industry from you. And she was like, yeah. And we, I remember yeah. we um, me met up, I think the weekend after or something for coffee. And I just explained a little bit about my story and then we connected and I read her book, um, Purpose, Find Your Truth. And that book just spoke to me. I, ugh, it's amazing. Like, if you haven't read it, go go get it. Um, and it's my book too, so I'm looking forward to that. But um, yeah, it was just amazing to connect with somebody. And yeah, I mean, I've just been, you know, just uh, flowing and just been chasing after things that I'm passionate about since. And you know what I love most about that piece of the story is where you just said, yeah, I just asked her and so many of us don't ask for what we need you know and but you asked her in a way that was so generous because it was saying can i just yeah work experience i don't i don't need you to give me a job i just want to find out more about this mm -hmm. and that opens a door that you have no idea you just have no idea and you walk through it and then so i'm going to flip things about a bit because that's that's really just so intriguing to me that clearly it was at a point where you just suffered this huge loss in your life. So we're going to sort of dig into your challenge story before we go into an act of kindness, which is not the way I normally do things. But I just feel that for me, it's so integral to your story and, and such a powerful piece of where you are actually taking that challenge and turning it into something that's, that's actually restorative and helping you, you know, to get through it. So, so talk me through what, you know, how, how, how long was your mum ill and yeah. how did all this happen? Yeah. So this, this challenge is something that I'm still navigating. Um, it's something that I feel like is going to be ongoing um, throughout mm -hmm. my life. Um, I'm still going through it. And I think, yeah, like I said, I think I'll be going through it for the rest of my life. So the this challenge of losing a parent um my mom as you said when i was 20 22 years old from um metastatic breast cancer yes. so going back a bit <laughs> my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer when i was 17 years old and she had a mastectomy which is this, the surgery to remove the, the cancer mm -hmm. and then we believed that she was in remission then um fast forward three years i was 20 and i was at uni and i decided to um study abroad in america for a year and it was something that i wanted to do because i wanted to get out of my comfort zone um and i'm bearing this in mind i always i always was very attached to my family and my mom like glue like i only lived out during university um 
during the first year and then the second year I went straight back home right. <laughs> I oh. love being around my family and my mom and I guess I, I would say I was cocooned but um at that point I felt like I just really wanted to do something different I wanted to um explore coming out of my shell and so I just remember how proud my mom was and, and excited for me um you know when she when I told her that um I wanted to go and I feel like a bit of the a bit of the excitement was rooted in the fact that she had an excuse to you know go on on a holiday to the US <laughs> and to move me in and um so yeah me and my mom were really tight she was tight with all of my my siblings my brother and my sister and um she was just going to be there for every momentous event everything and I remember right before we were about to go she found out that the cancer had come back and mm -hmm. this was something that would not go away and you know you hear lots of stories of you know success stories of people being in remission for years and years and the cancer never come never coming back well that wasn't my mum's story and so when I found out instantly I said no to the year abroad studying in America like I remember thinking how can I leave now when I don't know how long you have left and yeah. Um, I refused, uh, but my mom wasn't having it. And she, you know, as a mother, you think, well, you, you, you wanna do what, what you think is best for your child. And so um, I decided that eventually that I would go and I would go alone. Um, and I remember just, I remember arriving in North Carolina, which is where I went to study. And um, there was all of the other students like arriving with their parents and helping them move in and i just i remember just being so jealous of them and just feeling so guilty um because i was leaving my mum but i knew that that was what she wanted and i think also like now that now that she's gone i always think back to oh i should have i shouldn't have gone i i, sh I missed out on time that i could have spent with her but I think that's the thing with experiencing grief, your, your mind just always races with regret and possibilities and missed opportunities. Mm. Um, so yeah, when I came back from studying in the States, um, I was in my last year at university and my mum's cancer um, progressed, you know, when I was back here. Um, and then she passed away right before I was about to complete my dissertation and, and um, sit my final exams. So that's how it happened and mm -hmm. actually just last week was her um six year anniversary of her passing and it honestly feels like yesterday and it's something that i believe has really changed my life and i don't think i'm the same person pre or post um, um post her death um and i guess i guess the first challenge i wanted to to talk about was this fact that i feel like it said when trauma occurs, you see life in two phases. So before this moment, and then after this moment, and then this, this idea of two phases, two lives, um, my life before, you know, when everything was great and I had this amazing person in my life. And then mm -hmm. after when things are different and, I, and I've suddenly become alone. And so there's also this idea of two losses. Um, so the loss of that person, but then a loss of self and, because I was that person that was very much a part, you know, that person was very much a part of, of, of you and your essence. Yeah. When, when my mom died, I felt like, I felt like a, um, a part of me died too. A mm -hmm. part of me was lost too. Um, so yeah, I mean. 
that makes so much sense and it's not something i've heard described but it it does it's so sort of, there i was and having my mum in my life was part of me that's how part of my identity was absolutely. having this beautiful relationship absolutely yeah. it's like before I felt like I was this bubbly, fun-loving, goofy, well, I'm still quite goofy, but this free person, this person that has inexperienced of heartbreak and, you know, just yeah. complete sadness and sheltered just from the harsh realities of this world. Um, you know, death is a reality. And I think before it happens to us, until we've, until you've bereaved, you never really truly consider the fact that it might happen or that it, how painful it, it, it can be, it is when it, when it, when it comes. And um, we don't think about what, we don't think about the uncomfortable things. And so now I'm not that person. My my sorry, my interests and my aspirations have changed. And when you lose a parent at a young age and you no longer have your number one supporter, your, your shelter, your backbone, your security blanket, you are forced to mature very quickly and your interests changed. I'm very much um experienced in heartbreak and sadness and loss of self-identity you know like you were saying who are who am i without that person who gave birth to me who am i without my origin who am i without my beginning who am i now and that was very very challenging to understand and accept and yeah. i guess how i'm dealing with it is it's something that i'll always be overcoming and i've learned that I've learned to lean into the pain. I've learned to lean into discomfort. Don't sweep it away because the longer that you leave it, it will fester. And I know it sounds really terrifying, but that's what I'm doing. It took me time to lean into this because grief is hard and there are stages. Um, but when I was ready to, I did lean in and um, I'm not running away from this loss because in doing that, I would be running away from the true essence of myself self further you know that that missed that lost part of me and yeah. um, I'm leaning into understanding what this big life change means for me reading books you know listening to podcasts talking about what was lost um, and recovering well returning to that part of me um, and I find that by trying to understand my grief, I'm getting closer to understanding me a bit, this new me. And mm -hmm. that's not to say that the grief defines me, but it's definitely a part, a part of me. Well, can I just say, I mean, honestly, so, so brave. I, I knew this would happen. But honestly, what I, I think what I admire most in what you've just said is the courage that it takes to, you know, to, to lean into it, because it, it must be so instinctive to just do all this in private to say, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take myself off and be quietly in grief. And as you say, you never really, you know, you might move away from the, the actual source of the pain, but it's, it's, it's still a loss, it's always going to be your loss. But you're so eloquent in the way you describe it and you've clearly just done so much to to really as you say lean into where that healing can come from so that and i think part of that is what's so beautiful is the way you turn it into how can i help other people through this same experience you know because as you said death is 
part of life. It's um, it's so tragic, and I'm 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 deeply sorry that it's happened to you so early in your life. But the way you are just turning that round and taking it and saying part of this new self is this person who is going to help other people transform their lives it's just amazing really truly amazing okay i thought i thought i've been telling myself all day i'm not gonna cry i'm not gonna cry honestly it's it's (laughs) so magical to hear you just explain it in a way that is so it's kind actually it's kind to to share it in a way that that honors your mum first of all and what a beautiful person she she is because I honestly believe that although someone leaves and they're not here with you the spirit of just that presence is just here you know the grace and the serenity that you carry with you is I'm sure there from from your mum from from her heart to yours it's just there's just a yeah it's almost like as you say, this new identity has taken on some of what you you learnt along the way from your origin, you know? Absolutely. And I think, um, yeah, I'm going to go on to talk about a bit more about that when um, a little bit later, but I think what you were saying about this idea that going on to teach others what, you, what you've experienced and, and what you've learned and um, sharing that with other people, I think that's another thing. One of the challenges that I faced um was loneliness um and not being able to talk you know not being able to talk to my mom of course not to be not being able to see her that was hard but then also this idea that other people don't really understand what you're going through especially if they haven't if they haven't bereaved if they haven't lost anybody that is really close to them then they don't understand they don't know what you're going through um and this is something that you will have to go through for the rest of your life. And so, you know, um, friends and family want to be there for you, but not necessarily understand what, what it is you feel. They might say, you know, they're in a better place. My thoughts are with you. These things that we are so accustomed to saying uh, to somebody that is bereaved um, at the time, initially, it did not bring me comfort and it just made me feel like nobody understood. But receiving empathy as opposed to sympathy is so incredibly important I think and when I spoke to people that had experienced grief before who got it I felt extremely seen I felt heard I felt less lonely yeah to this day like that still helps me the resident the resonance sorry the the connection and the mirror I feel like it just helps and it it also brought me closer to people so my siblings my cousin who experienced grief my best friend who at the time hadn't gone through grief um but was trying to support me um as best she knew how um she now sadly has been bereaved and and, and in a weird way I feel like it's it's you know, me, me understanding what she's gone through, it, it's made us closer, I think. Mm. Even, you know, Jessica, Jessica Huey, she she lost her dad and that made me feel connected to her. And I think just even the support of, um, from someone who knows, understands the pain is yeah. what you need. It's it's clearly, was certainly something that's, that I needed. And, you know, the the, the talks are different. The, the look is different. The silence is different the hug is different and again like you know it's 
it's hard to be vulnerable when you are dealing with grief depression and anxiety all of these things that come with it but i urge like anybody listening um now you know you're if you're going through grief find people that have experienced something similar because the resonance it, it does help yeah that's so and you know the way you just described it so beautifully so we were talking about you know the hug is different you, you it's almost like you have this this it is it's a deep deep empathy but almost for people that that you haven't even met yet it's just this knowing mm. and we were talking a little bit before we started recording about the power of writing i would i would love it if you know i know jess's book is so masterful in 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 just describing that that feeling and but you know you're you're a writer you can just you can just hear it in the way you express yourself so have you been digging into that? Have you been sort of working yeah. with writing? Yeah, Kat, I mean, I have um, written things in the past. Um, I did this, I wrote this piece on like beauty and grief and how that connected. And I know you, um, uh, you definitely must have seen that, I think. I remember, oh yes, actually, I remember your comment um, when you um, read that and just about my mom um, and how I felt like she just embodied the color red and was just so vibrant. And so whenever I wear that, I, I think I feel closer to my mom. Um, so that really helped. Um, but then just privately, like just writing about my mom um, has helped me because often I feel like when, when you lose someone, you're always scared. Like you don't want to forget what that person's like. And so I have been trying to like, just write a little bit about her here and there, but then also just expressing myself. And it doesn't have to be this thing that, you know, I I publish, you know, and people all over can see it. Yes, I would love to do that. And yes, it helps, but not always. Sometimes it's just doing that work by yourself, you know, in your bed um, to help you. Yeah, yeah. And, but it, it shows so much. And I'm sure that's been part of the process for you is just, just to to come close to those feelings and as you say to lean into them not to not to brush them under the carpet not to run away from them just to to feel them which is so so powerful goodness me so you said um it's been six years now since you lost your mum, and and how do you how do you mark that you know it must be a hard thing to have this event come back round every year yeah i mean it's hard to mark um that day because it's it's just it's filled with sadness i feel like mm -hmm. this time period is just normally filled with sadness for me it's sad memories um but i guess one thing i do is just listen i guess yeah connect with my siblings um you know, last week I was listening to some of her favorite music. She she loved Lovers Rock, and so definitely, like, yeah, just uh, cooking and and listening to um, some of the tunes that she loved back in the day. Um, so just memory, sorry, uh, remembering remembering her and commemorating that day with her memory, I guess, yeah. in, in any way. And you've got the support of your siblings, so I guess that brings you kind of closer together in a way that is so tragic that it has to be through that but it's it's kind of leaning into those other people around you as well which is so important yeah yeah it's an absolute you know honor to have for you to trust me with this story it's just 
I just, it's such a privilege to, to hear someone really leaning into how, how this can help other people, how this can help, you know, with that processing of, of those feelings of grief. It's just so generous, such a generous thing to do. And, you know, you're someone who just kind of exudes kindness. There's a, as a, I described that sort of warmth, that serenity, that there are certain people who walk into the room and they don't, they don't come in. There's no big crash bang, you know, here she is. There's just a, here she is. You just have that calm grace when you walk into, and maybe that's part of the new self, you know, I don't know if that's because you have this sort of wisdom about you that you carry, but what came up for you when I asked about an act of kindness that's impacted you? Yeah. I mean, that actually, but that, the story that I, I thought of, um, actually had nothing to do with this. <laughs> um, it's so, okay. Years ago, prior to, uh, so pre, pre COVID, um, I had just arrived home with my, with my then eight year old, um, eldest nephew and we were getting out of the car and as he gets out of the car there's this woman pushing her son who's disabled in a weird wheelchair and my nephew sees them and he sees them walk past our house and he says hello and the woman stopped and turned around and she just had the biggest smile on her face and said thank you um, she's just like, thank you so much for stopping and saying hello to, to me and my son. Like, you have no idea how much that means to me and him. Normally people don't say anything. Mm-hmm. And you could just really, really see in her face that she was just so touched. And as she walked on, I just remember being so proud of my nephew for doing that because it's true. Like, as she says, often unconscious, unconsciously as humans, we, when we see somebody that is, I guess, disabled or blind or homeless, we feel uncomfortable. It makes us, their sad, the sadness that they bring up for us, it makes us feel uncomfortable. And so we run away from it. And um, I was actually speaking about this with my cousin last week and she related it to death and this idea of, you know, when someone's, and um, it's when it's announced that someone um, is grieving, you don't know what to say, you feel uncomfortable um, and you wanna, you know, just move away from it. And I guess another layer on top of this is that we're British, you know, in British culture, you're accustomed not to say hello, you, you know, to strangers and don't speak to strangers and all of that. So yeah. um, for that woman, that means that the, this way of being means that people don't want to, uh, you know, face and acknowledge the uncomfortable. And that means for her that her and her son must walk around as invisible and my my nephew actually didn't do that you know he he's it's his innocence as a, as a child you know that raw kindness that you get when, when you're a child and um even me you know um I'm guilty of doing those things and just running away from things that are uncomfortable I when he's when I saw him like go to speak to her I was like oh my gosh what's he gonna say like I don't want him to be you know <laughs> a you know yeah. and, and he made her so happy and it was just I think she was actually moved to tears um, from that one hello, that that little acknowledgement of her and her son's presence. And um, it just really made me think afterwards that, yeah, some things that we take for granted and it's important to acknowledge um, those small things um, because we don't know what people are going through. You don't. And, and I think what you're saying, you know, it's that, that, that beautiful thing where somebody saw the person, not the wheelchair. So often with disability, it's the 
yeah that that's not you there's there's a person there as well and and it's it's as you say and 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 then because we are worried you know you your your nephew could quite easily have, have asked a question about the wheelchair and that would have been the opposite of what what actually happened but so we tend to sort of oh it's easier to say nothing and that you know it's so true and i think what what it sort of raised for me was a question of how do you deal with because especially something like grief there is no visible outward sign you know there must have been days especially early on where just small things would trigger huge outpourings of grief and emotion and yet you can't you can't wear that like a wheelchair or you know you know there's no outward sign so how did you how did you deal with that it's hard and you know i'm going to say again it's something that i'm still dealing with because just um certainly like early on it was something that really hit me every time someone used to say something that would remind me of the fact that i don't have my mum anymore um but just the other day i think it was feels like the other day it was mother's day um, a couple of weeks ago and i was in a shop and um this woman came up to me and she was like oh that's a lovely gift um you're going to see your mother uh for you know mother's day and i was just mm -hmm. like yeah <laughs> and um just to get over just to get over the conversation and to be done with it and i, I think it 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 hurt me you know after all of these years but obviously they don't know you know they don't know what you're going through and um you can't blame anyone for that but um i guess it's something that i'm still still working through to be honest mm -hmm. i don't have the answer but um but you know what what struck struck me is so your story there was about empathy and it's just made you into this super human empathic person you know you've you've got you do just exude this empathy i think that understanding of people which is and now that's what you're doing in your work and you've really embraced that and almost turned it into a sort of superpower just incredible absolutely just incredible. i think it is it's um the vulnerability um is i guess is it's a superpower and i think yeah just to um connect with other people and help or support them through difficult things like you know if i can from my story if i can support people and help them get through and just to know that you know things are going to be okay you know um then that's something i'm definitely it's worth it you know um yeah. and i know that through my experience when i first when my mum first died someone did the same thing for me for me and so it's just you know passing that along passing yeah absolutely which comes right back to kindness and it's, and then the other question i had for you was um so when your nephew did that did you make a big thing of sort of reinforcing it in him like oh my god that was such a nice nice thing to do yeah, or, yeah. I, I was just like his name's tyler i was like tyler you are just amazing <laughs> you're so lovely oh yeah i can imagine him sort of rising in his so oh. was <laughs> yeah yeah really was the smile was on his face for a good 20 minutes after it so he felt good and yeah, absolutely. And that, I mean, that I think was the essence of what is so powerful about those graduation ceremonies. It's people feeling suddenly that they've been seen, that their story's been heard, even in a very sort of private context, but they've just had somebody who's engaged with them, listened to their story, wanted to know if they can add anything to help anyway, you know, 
it's just such a powerful way to to help people rise. It's just just amazing, just amazing. So you mentioned that your mum's favourite song is Love Is Rock. So who who's that by? Because I think we should definitely add that to the playlist. So the the it's not a song; it's a genre of music. Love is rock. So, oh, that that goes to show how. Yeah, I, I have this. Yeah, my kids will be going. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 it's fine. Um, but I, I guess I know this pod in this podcast. You you know you ask people to to talk a little bit about a piece of music that that means to you, um, means something to you, and um. Not going to choose a song from my mom's playlist, my mom's lover's rock playlist. But um, I guess the the song I wanted to choose. So, Kat, I'm a Beyonce fan. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's something that not everybody's willing to admit to. But <laughs> <laughs> makes a lot of sense. The reason, that, yeah, the reason I've chosen this song is not because it's Beyonce. It's because of the message, and it really touches me, and it really motivates me, and I find resonance with it. Um, it's a song called Find Your Way Back and it's from her album The Lion King, The Gift and it's, it's very much so based on you know the children's film Lion, The Lion King and you know when Musafa, sorry Mufasa, how can I mess up his name? Mufasa. <laughs> he dies and Simba his son has to discover who he is without you know his biggest inspiration his dad being in his life yeah. and it's about finding your way back to who you really are you know when you when you lose part of yourself and in that first verse she says so it goes daddy used to take me walking down the street daddy used to take my hand say follow me daddy used to lead me back home home all the time I got big enough to run around. Daddy left me outside. He said, find your way back. And it's just, it's just about not letting the world and all its madness distract you from or stop you from being who you are and just remembering all you've learned. I feel like we were talking about this previously. All you've learned using all of that knowledge um, to carry yourself carry you home to yourself and to rescue you and I, I listen to that song all the time and it keeps me motivated and it keeps me grounded so yeah, yeah. oh it. that's so beautiful and I think I think more you know than ever when you've lost somebody in your life having having you know you might have different songs for different situations one when you just want to cry it out and one when but that moment where you can just go that's what brings me home to her. That's when I'm really, I feel that presence, which is, is, is like you say, it's such a gift. It's, it's, it's a gift to yourself almost. So, yeah. And it's funny, you know, even just hearing that story, I will never be able to hear that Beyonce song again without thinking of you and thinking of how important it is when, or just how meaningful it is when certain words speak to you directly especially when they're combined with music it's just you know there's this concept of radio heaven where um there'll be something you'll be driving along and, and some words to a song come along in a car and it and, and you just hear it and it just lands with you and I think that's that's something that I I genuinely believe in that you get this it's almost like a, a channel it's a way of speaking to people who aren't able to you know, you can't have a conversation in the room with them, but they're there for you. And building that meaning into songs is just so powerful. So, yeah. And I would love, love, love 
for you to pick one of your mum's favourite songs. You don't have to talk about it now, but we'll put that on the playlist as well because I think she needs to be here. So what was your mum's name? My mum's name was Dolores. Dolores, Dolores. Well, I can only say that as a sort of legacy, she's left behind such beauty and such grace. You know, it's. I just think it's amazing. So, yeah, as a sort of memory to her. And, and I, I, I think there's something about the fact that it's, it's now six years on, but it's also around that time of year. And it's, it's such a strong testament to her that, you know, you're doing this work, that you're, you're going out and finding that courage, which is the opposite of fear, really, isn't it? Which it's, it's so easy, I think, to be all consumed by the fear of, of loss and grief. And, and yet you've just, yeah, like you said, stepped into it. So brave, so powerful. So what's, What's the wisdom that you kind of carry around with you? Because you 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 just exude wisdom. And I think these lived experiences are where we get our wisdom, you know, these huge challenges. You wouldn't wish upon anybody, but you know, finding the resilience to pick up the pieces and the first day is really, really hard. The second and then and and, and it's not, as you say, it's you're never through it, you know, it's it's always with you. But what's the wisdom that you would share with people? Yeah, I mean, um, I guess the wisdom is wrapped up in this concept that, and it's something that I've echoed, echoed throughout this um, this episode. Um, so it's very much aligned with what, yeah, what, what I've been saying. Um, it's it's a word, um, it's a concept um, that I was familiar with ever since I was in school, um, and when I'm thinking back for for reasons I don't even I didn't even realize I I feel like I didn't even understand it too well at the time um so it's a it's a African Ghanaian word from the tree and fanti language and um the word or the concept is Sankofa and Sankofa actually means literally to go back and get and it's this concept of returning to yourself and retrieving part of you what was lost um and it it's it's to do with not it's not it's to do with understanding that it's not wrong to go back for that which you have forgotten and so this concept is is usually depicted in african art um as a bird with its feet firmly planted forward and then its head is turned backwards um taking a small egg off of its back and so now actually thinking about it, this concept of birds, I've always been interested in before my mum died. So I actually have like a, um, a tattoo of birds on my neck, which is really funny. <laughs> um, but this, yeah, this concept of, of, of flying back and returning back to yourself, um, it, it, the symbol represents taking from the past what is good and bringing it into the present in order to make positive progress and I I think before we, we um, started the podcast cat we were talking a little bit about that um, taking that learning um, from what you've been taught before and, and embodying that and bringing that into into your life in the future and I think that's what I'm doing with my grief journey um, it's about finding my way back to myself um, and it's about you know returning back to me and I think that piece of wisdom, I think, has just been so, so imperative for me on my journey. Um, 
you know, with grief yeah. and you know, losing a loved one. And I hope that, you know, other people listening, um, when they go through something, well, if you have gone through something um, as hard as losing someone that you love, um, I hope that helps, you know, just the importance of just returning back to you and taking everything that they've taught you and just, you know, um, having it around, around you um, for the future. I think that helps, that helps me and I hope that helps in some way. Yeah, I'm sure it will. Sankofa. So it's and I love I love the whole history of it, you know, that you've really dug into. And so so what you're saying is you had the bird tattooed before you'd really made that association. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. It's not the actual Sankofa bird, but um the reasons why I got the the tattoo was to symbolize like it was while I was out in America and actually my mom didn't want me to do it. <laughs> she was like, Don't get a tattoo. <laughs> But I did it anyway, and it's just symbolized, you know, this freedom of like, you know, breaking out of your comfort zone and just going out and getting what you want. And I think this idea of, you know, the bird and how it is, you know, you, you just kind of have to flow and fly and, 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 and get to, to where you want to be. And I think this Sankofa is just a little bit about, you know, going back to, to who I am and to who I was when, when I, before, I guess I was lost, before I, I was bereaved. Yeah, yeah. And, and being able to, to, to remind yourself of that person that, 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 yeah, you're not defined by this loss, but it's, it's still very much part of what's in your heart. So it's kind of, it's so great, beautiful and, and kind of graceful and, there's something that really resonated for me as well about, you know, you said you have so many regrets when you lose somebody like that because, oh, uh, you know, if only, if only I'd stayed, if only I hadn't missed out on that time. But I think that's a powerful piece around letting go of some of those regrets. You know, the birds sort of moving forwards and you'll take all of those memories with you and and that it's giving you permission in a way to just free yourself from from the pain of of regret which can otherwise just be so yeah just so limiting and 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 difficult to work through exactly yeah. it can it can destroy you and i think um it's important not to think like that um mm. and think of i guess the good times and the good things and not yeah. Yeah. What may have been. And knowing that there's something that your mum, even knowing that she was so, so ill, wanted you to embrace your future and, you know, knew that opportunities and, and, and not to sort of stay put. And, and yeah, I think that's, again, it's, it's quite a generous thing to do, to not just want to hold you close and say, oh, I don't have much time, but I, but I still want you to fly. I still want you to to know that there's a future for you. Yeah. Gosh, what beautiful stories. You are amazing, amazing. So yeah, I'll say it again. Thank you so much for trusting me with these. I mean, it's just, and I think, you know, what we were talking about at the beginning was these really painful experiences are obviously hard to share. You know, it's it's really because you're revisiting that those emotions, but invaluable for other people to know that they're not alone in those feelings and to to really hear that empathy that you have for 
for anyone else who's going through a similar sort of grief. No, beautiful. So we we were talking about um, the asks, you know, an act of simple kindness. And I've sort of started turning it around and saying, if you have an ask of my audience, what would it be? And sometimes that might be, you know, I've just written a book and can you can you check it out? Can you maybe review my podcast or whatever it is? But I loved your ask, I guess, from the, the story of kindness, which is, can you help people understand how powerful it is to see beyond the wheelchair into the person? You know, what you do all the time is see the goodness in people, see the potential in people. And that's what you're doing with your work. So what would your ask be? Yeah, I mean, I guess doing, I, I, I wanted to say that, yeah, I think my, my ask, like, obviously, the work that I'm doing, um, is, you know, connecting with people and just um, using my empathy to, to support people that are going through like hard, tough, you know, moments. But yeah, I mean, your audience, if if you wanted to get involved with You Make It, I think, much like you have, Kat, you know, if you're if you're a professional and you care about the cause and you think you'd have some great wisdom to share um, skills um, to support a young woman, um, then maybe you'd want to be a mentor or, you know, perhaps, I guess, if you want to activate your ally, allyship, maybe, you know, come on board the You Change It training. Um, but I guess maybe just look for ways to... To, for you to kind of get involved with what we're doing at You Make It, because I think it's fantastic work and um, just, yeah, just doing something as small as, you know, just supporting somebody through our, our mentoring or just align, aligning yourself with the cause, I think is a, is a great ask. Um, and it's something that will be rewarding for, for both, you know, both, both parties. So you, yeah, you definitely get the gift. I mean, I, as I say, it was a highlight of my year last year it's such a gift to and for me it was an hour a week for 12 weeks to just talk things through to to lend a bit of of insight and you know the, it, but honestly the difference that it seemed to make was was astounding and and that wasn't just me that was across the board you know all of those women it was like a, a sort of friendship circle it was so beautiful and what i loved was the way they were also leaning into each other. So, I mean, obviously, aside from the mentorship program, they had other things going on. And it was just this understanding the power of forming those beautiful friendships and relationships, because that's what's going to help you get through. You know, you're, you're creating ripples. You know, you're sending out ripples into the community amazingly. It's a network. It's a sisterhood. Yeah, it is. It is. And once you've got that sense of belonging and not feeling alone, it just gives you so much more resource to tap into your courage because there's other people sort of like you say being role models or to um to just yeah champion you that i mean that that's what i think one of the most beautiful things was the championing of each other that was going on it was kind of leaning into it so i will put all the links for you make it into the show notes anyone who wants to go and check it out it's a very very worthy cause they're doing amazing work and it's such a simple con concept, really. It's it's just working through connecting people. That's that's for me what it's all about. It's just connecting people with a sense of themselves and what they can do, and then empowering them. Yeah, to to just to know. Okay, I have agency over all sorts of things that I didn't think I did before, and and I think if we can release some of that 
potential in everyone, the world just, yeah, inevitably becomes a better place. Just amazing. Just amazing. So thank you so much for joining me, Alicia. It's been such a privilege to hear your stories, to honor your mum. I think she must be so proud, so proud of the daughter that she's created. And I know it's it's really painful that you can't, you know, be with her in a physical sense, but I just feel that sense of her spirit and and just everything that you're doing being part of that legacy and testament to her. So beautiful yeah. stuff. Thank you, Carol. Thank you so much for allowing me to share my story. Yeah. yeah, brilliant, beautiful stories. And um, let's catch up soon. <sighs> I hope you agree that yeah the kindness the wisdom alicia has so much to bring to the table and as i said at the beginning i can't thank her enough for the vulnerability and the generosity it takes to to share stories like that that are so personal and and i hope that in doing so if if you're experiencing anything similar yourself that you're able to find a little bit of solace and comfort from that sense of empathy and compassion that that Alicia was sharing in her stories. And finally, before I leave you, I've got a quick announcement to make. My competition on Instagram to give away a, a copy of Josh Linkner's Big Little Breakthroughs can only be described as an epic fail as I had zero contestants. So I couldn't even pull, pull the one person from the bag. However, my brother-in-law, Anthony Brum, did say how much he'd enjoyed the episode. And just for that, I'm going to send him a copy of Josh's book because I think he'll really enjoy it. So my challenge for this season is to work a bit harder on social media and get with the program, which usually in my case involves finding someone to help me. So watch this space for some slightly juicier, slightly better organized competitions. Uh, I just love giving away books because I think they are frankly, the gift that keeps on giving. So I'm going to carry on in that vein, no matter what. And eventually, I'm hoping it will start to work. And talking of good books, I was listening to the audio version of Hamnet by Maggie O'Farrell last week. And I can only say it was just magical. Not quite the same as going to the theatre, but even so, I can really recommend it. Have a great week. And thank you again for joining us. Thank you so much for listening. There are almost a million podcasts out there to choose from, so I really appreciate you for choosing this one and spending your valuable time with me today. If you found it helpful, I would be truly grateful if you would rate and review it as it helps others to find us. And if you haven't already, you can hit the subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts to be sure of getting every episode sent to you. You can find all the resources we talk about and more about my guests in the show notes over at collectivewisdom.podbean.com or you can find me on Instagram at collectivewisdompod where I'd love to hear any feedback, suggestions for new guests or comments that you have. I'd love to hear from you. And if you're interested to know more about how my coaching can help you, you can find more about that on my website at catpreston.com. Thank you so much for joining me.